You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Father God, I just thank you for your word to us this morning. I thank you for who you are. Reveal, continue to reveal yourself to us this morning. God, we want to be lights in this world. In your name we pray, amen, amen. You can be seated. So we're starting on a new journey called Lights Shine Bright. And I love it. It's, it's what God asks us to be. In fact, Jesus' first teaching is, is the Sermon on the Mount, and he's barely got his ministry going, when on the Sea of Galilee, there were thousands that were gathered there on the hillside, and Jesus began to teach, and he was teaching the principles of the kingdom of God. And he said, don't store up for yourself treasure, right? Remember this, don't store up for yourself treasure on earth because you can lose that, so store up your treasure in heaven. And he said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all, everything else will be given to you. He said, seek and you'll find. Knock and the door will be open. Ask and it will be given to you. He said, blessed are the pure in heart. Blessed are the meek in spirit. Blessed are the poor, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And so he, he taught about the ways of God's kingdom so that we could live with this new mindset on earth. And in the middle of this teaching, everything shifted. When, when Jesus said, he said in verse 14, Matthew chapter 5, he says, you are the light of the world. You are the light. Now, they didn't maybe necessarily know what he meant by that. These guys that were just kind of a ragtag gathered together because the word of Jesus was spreading all over the countryside. He was already doing the miraculous, but now he's kind of shifting the whole paradigm. And he says to them, okay, you are the light of the world. Now, he was also going to claim, we know this if you've, if you've been in scripture, because the scripture talks a lot about light. He claimed that he is the light of the world, but this wasn't, he, he's saying on the mountain in his first message to, the, to his followers here, this isn't just about me. It's not just about Jesus. Now, it was Jesus making it also about you. It was making it about me as well. He's bringing us into the story. And so, uh, who, and everybody who follows the kingdom teachings that he brings us, and he said, you, my friends, you are the light of the world. So imagine if he said that today to you and to me. He walks in the door back there, and he says to us, Destiny, Foursquare Church, here's the news. You are the light of Rapid City, South Dakota. You are the light. Yes, I am the light. I am the eternal one. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Uh, but you are the light of Rapid City. You, if, if Rapid City is going to be illuminated, it's going to be by me, but it's going to be through you. So he flips, he flips this page here, and he says, a city on a hill cannot be hidden. And we, we, we kind of get that, but if you've been out on the Sea of Galilee, I know some of you have been to Israel and you've ridden on the boat and you had Peter's fish and you've done all that. If you've been out on the sea, you understand that because of all the little towns and the villages and the cities um, that are on all the hillsides and the mountains all around the Sea of Galilee. Once night falls, the cities are easily seen. They're lit up on the hillside in this 
this, uh, uh, the sea is surrounded by all these hillsides, and so you can easily see them. And he said, that's the way it's going to be with you. When, when the sun goes down, my people are going to shine. My people are going to shine. When the city grows dark, guess what? My church is going to be seen. That's the language he's given here. He says, you are the light of the world, and a city on a hill cannot be hidden. And then he keeps on going. He said, you don't take a candle and you put it under a bushel basket. No, you put it on a stand, and it lights the whole room in the same way. Jesus said, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. So in other words, the way this city is going to come to life, the way this city is going to come to worship, and, and the way the song and the anthem of Jesus is, is going to be sung in the streets of Rapid City, South Dakota, is because of the light of Christ and his followers in this city. That's where it's at. You, can I say it again, are the light of the world. And here's what he's saying to you. He's saying to us. This is what he's saying to us coming into 2020. I just want you to be bright. I want you to be bright. You are the light of the world. Here's the thing. When, I, when, when Jesus says that to us, he's not saying you have to be perfect. He, he, I just want you to be bright. You don't, you don't have to have all the answers. I just want you to be bright. I want you to be the light of the world. Now, let me grab my box here. From 1878 to 1880, Thomas Edison was hard at work inventing, if you will, perfecting, really is probably a better word, he was perfecting the inventions of many who came before him, the light bulb. And Thomas Edison had tried 3,000 different methods, you've probably heard this before, 3,000 different methods of creating the light bulb. So there's a story behind this every time we turn on the light switch. And what Edison was working on refining, he finally patented in 1879, and that's the carbon filament. So that in every light bulb that's in, in front of you, the thing that makes it all possible, the thing that makes the light shine bright, the magic that you can't even really see and that I can really hardly ever even see in the light bulb that I'm holding up in front of you, um, is, is the magic that happens in there is, is the filament that's inside of this vacuum-sealed environment of the bulb. And, and Edison knew that that little filament was going to be the most important part of light coming to the world. And so in 1879, he patents carbon filament and begins to experiment with 6,000 different kinds of plant fibers to discover the one that would work best. And he ended up landing on bamboo fiber because bamboo fiber, if he carbonized it, would burn for 1,200 hours. And so that was the original invention of Edison and that's what came to be in the late uh, 1879. And so that invention got improved on over time and time and time again. And eventually in the early 1900s, another physicist at General Electric perfected the element of tungsten as the best use for a filament. And so the reason being, tungsten had the highest melting point of any chemical compound that they could find. And so you could jolt it with electricity, but it wouldn't melt. 
and it wouldn't break apart in that little tungsten filament there. And so that little thing that you can barely see in the ball. So just imagine the next time you look at a light bulb, that tiny little tungsten thread, once connected to the right source, is heated in such a way that it glows, it can light up an entire room. Is it, I mean, you know, we just kind of turn on the light bulb. We don't think about it much anymore, but it's really quite an amazing thing. And so the word filament, going back to the, the original uh, word where this came from, is from the Latin word phylum, which means thread. And you can see why that would be true when you look at this little delicate nature of the, and the magic of the light bulb. The thread or the filament, which connected, when connected to the source, it glows and it brings light to a basement, to your kitchen, to your dining room, to any environment where it's placed. And so this is the picture that God has given to you and to me today. And he's really asking us a question, I believe. He's asking a question, will you be the thread that I can use to illuminate your family? Will you be the thread that I can use to illuminate your place at work, to illuminate your neighborhood? Your neighborhood should be lit up. Will you be the thread to illuminate in the story of God that I can use that you would glow in such a way that it would bring light to the whole room? Just turning on that one light bulb. When Jesus taught this kingdom teaching, everything shifted. He said, you are the light of the world. So for you to see that and for me to see that, we're going to talk over the next few weeks about it, what it looks like uh, for Destiny Foursquare Church and for you personally to be the light of the world. But let's just step back today and get our minds around this. It's really a beautiful invitation of Jesus to the church. And it starts with that word thread. And we see this thread everywhere in the story of God, this thread or this filament, if you will, of the light of God coming into the world. It starts on page one of scripture. We, we see this thread at the very beginning of our story in scripture. And I would offer to you today, if you read the Bible from cover to cover and you know, from beginning to end, you'll see this thread, this conversation of light happening, of being bright for the very beginning page of scripture to the very end. Light is a major theme of God's working in creation and in the world. So it, it, it says in the very beginning that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. We know that verse, right? But look, at, but look at what the situation was at the start. It says, the earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And so when God spoke, and when God created the heavens and the earth, when God was initiating Everything that is in creation, the first thing that we see is that the earth was formless, it was void, and so there was no shape, there was no beauty, uh, there was no order, there was no creation, if you will. And so there was darkness covering the surface of the waters. And I, and I say that today because that's still the reality of life without God, isn't it? That's still the reality of life without God. It's formless, it's void, it's shapeless, and it's missing its optimal meaning. You get that? And so, but here's the beauty. The Spirit of God was hovering over the waters, the scripture says, and the Spirit of God is hovering over your life today too. And so the Spirit of God is always near. He's always ready to move into the formless, into the void, and into the shapeless with purpose and with meaning. 
And so now, here comes God moving into the void, and into the void, he says, verse 3, read it with me. I think some of you might know it by heart. And God said, let there be light. Four words, not some grand thesis, just God speaking four words into the formlessness, into the void, you know, into the darkness. He says, let there be light. I don't, I don't know. I, you, do you ever kind of wonder what, you know, how he spoke it? You, you ever kind of wonder or think about that? I, I, I don't think it was like a real, like, let there be light. I don't, I don't know. I, you know, in my mind, maybe he did, but I, I seriously, I think he just said, let there be light. And, and, and do you know what happened when he said that? It tells us right here in the text. Read it with me. And there was light, and God saw that the light was good. Good. <laughs> Into the darkness came light. And how did it arrive? By the voice of God, right? He spoke, and it was by the word of God. Light came into the darkness, and the light was good. This, this is how God works, and this is how he's going to work today in our lives, into your life, into any area of your life that's formless or shapeless or has a void. God, in the form of Holy Spirit, is hovering close by, and Holy Spirit wants to move in and change the situation. And, and the way the Holy Spirit is going to move in and change the situation is by the word of God. Spoken, right? By the voice of God and by God speaking into the void, speaking into the shapeless newness of life and speaking light into darkness. That's what he does. Light comes in the darkness and he does it in the same way today as he did then. The word of God is the light that comes into the world and into our lives. God's word, you guys know this, isn't just a book, it's a voice. God's word is a voice. And this voice, Scripture tells us, is the light of God coming into our lives. We know that because many of us, if you've been in the Scriptures, you know the psalm that says, Psalm 119, your word is a what? A lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Right? And so today, you know, we've got iPhones and we all know how to flip up the button and turn on the flashlight. Some of us wouldn't know what to do without, without it. You know, we're shining it around, looking for things under the couch. Right? I need my phone. I need my light. And he's saying in the same way, my word is the light of your life. So here's the thing. In your business, your thinking, your decisions, your family, your marriage, your relationship, your career, your purpose, all of these things, how does light come into these areas of life? It comes when you open up the voice of God, right? And you open up the word of God by the same spirit of God who brought this word to life. And so you shine it, this word, on your path. You see that picture? Your word is a light into my path, right? It's, he's lighting the way. It's giving you direction. It's, it's how I know where to step. That's the thread. That's the filament. The filament is the voice. And the word of God speaking into the formless void of the dark. He did it then and he's doing it now. And that's the power. That's the power. And it's also the predicament because what happens when you close the voice? You close the light. You turn off the light. And, and so all the way from the very beginning, at the beginning, God was trying to just be light. He was just burning bright. 
It's who he is. That's and he wants to light up your world, lighting up your life with his voice and with his truth today. That's where we take some time at the beginning of the year. It's, it's just a practice that we do. It's a rhythm that we want to create. Let's take the first 21 days of the year and just sow into spending some extra time reading his word, praying, fasting. And so the truth about your identity, here he's saying it, you need light. You need truth about your future. You need light truth about your purpose and your possibility you need light and that light comes from the voice of God and so the second thread that we see as we move through scripture and it's not just the voice of God that brought light into creation but it's the person of Christ that brings light into our lives Jesus becomes the embodiment of the word or the voice of God right we see this in scripture that's why scripture calls Jesus the word in the beginning And John, right? In the beginning was the Word, capital W-O-R-D, meaning in the beginning that voice of God speaking of the nature of God now is revealed in Christ in human form. So he, Jesus, is God speaking now in the world. Everything God says is embodied in this person named Jesus Christ. And about himself, do you know what he said? He said, I am the light of the world. I am the light of the world. Stepping into your world, stepping into my world, Jesus doesn't come into our lives and say, I am the right in the world. (laughs) I'm all that's right. Yeah, although he is truth, he says, I am the light of the world. And so if if you need illumination, if you need something to come to light, if you need darkness to be dispelled. Jesus is the light of the world. And when we understand this, that we understand that Jesus does come to bring us from death to life, but he brings us from death to life by transferring us out of darkness. That's what he does. And into, as the Bible says, his marvelous kingdom. That's what we were singing about in that first song this morning. When we sang that song this morning, we were singing the scripture back to God. We're talking about 1 Peter 2.9. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellence of him who has called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. Isn't that good? You see, Jesus in Matthew chapter 5 is giving us kingdom teaching. And in the kingdom teaching, there's this big paradigm shift when he starts talking about you being the light. He says, you're the light of the world. But something really, really beautiful happens on the page before. And if you have your Bible, I want you to look at with me. We can follow along on the screen. Uh, Matthew 5, we see the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount. But Matthew 4, we see the setup. And the setup gets missed a lot of times in our world. It's, it's, it's like the first paragraph of a lot of the epistles in the scripture. It's the fine print, right? We had a lot of conversation about that. We just kind of blaze through it to get the, to the key verses that we've highlighted. But the setup here is, is really beautiful. In, in chapter 4 of Matthew, we see the temptation of Jesus in these first few verses. And then now that Jesus is beginning his public ministry, this is what it says about him in verse 12. And this is going to be one of those verses that we kind of think of as a throwaway verse, but we know that there is no throwaway verses because this is God's word. So it says, when Jesus heard that John had been arrested, he withdrew to Galilee and leaving Nazareth, that's where he grew up, 
he went and lived in Capernaum by the sea. So he finds a home base on the Sea of Galilee. That's going to be an important thing, especially as he begins to teach about the cities that are on a hill. So now he's in Galilee, and it was by the lake in the area of Zebulun and Naphtali. And you say, well, why is it important that we know that it was in the region of Zebulun and Naphtali? I'll tell you why in just a second, because verse 14, it fulfills what was said through the prophet Isaiah. And so now Matthew's quoting Isaiah in this next portion of the scripture here. And he says, the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, the way of the sea beyond the Jordan, the Galilee of the Gentiles. So he's describing this geographic area. And then he says, the people dwelling in darkness have seen a great light. And for those dwelling in the region in the shadow of death, on them a light has dawned. So something happened that you and I would miss if you weren't paying close attention. Jesus, who grew up in Nazareth, he goes out into the wilderness to be tempted. He returned from the wilderness, and then he moves his base from Nazareth to Capernaum. And why did he do this? Partly, I mean, uh, from Scripture, because he's fulfilling something that had been prophesied and promised hundreds of years ago through the prophet Isaiah. Um, And then Isaiah says that it's in this area, it's in this geographic region at this very spot that God's word and plan is going to be fulfilled. And what's the plan? That those living in darkness are going to see a great light. To the people who are living in the shadow of darkness and death, he says light is going to come. And so this is the same thing that's been been said about Jesus when the shepherds came and announced his birth, right? And the shepherds heard the voice and it says a great light shone all around them, it tells us in scripture. So at his announcement, at the birth of Jesus, when he comes to the planet, what was the calling card? Light had arrived. Light is on the scene. (laughs) Light had arrived. Why was that important? Because Isaiah said, after the fall of man in the Garden of Eden, darkness has now come. But believe me, God is going to bring a moment where light shines on those living in darkness. And so the setup to the Sermon on the Mount and the full ministry of Jesus is right here, tucked into chapter 4. We get to relocate Jesus relocates so he can fulfill the prophet's word and a promise of the light coming to the world. So if you look back to Isaiah 9, you'll see the full promise. And I want us to see the connection here because it's beautiful. This is what it says. But there will be no gloom for her who was in anguish. In the former time, he brought into contempt the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. But in the latter time, he has made glorious the way of the sea, the land behind the Jordan, the Galilee of the nations. And here's how he's going to honor it. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in the land of deep darkness, on them a light has shone. He goes on and he talks about the promise of God for these people. But then look at verse 6. We should know this if you've been around here in December. For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Shalom. That verse is familiar to us. We've been talking about Shalom coming to earth this last month, the missing piece. 
Isaiah was talking about a person, not a place, not a thing. So that in Matthew chapter 4, we see the arrival of a person into the story. And that person is not only peace, but he is a light. And God gets that person, his son Jesus, into the right place in the story to connect all the dots of the story that Jesus not only gets us out of hell and into heaven and out of death into spiritual lights, he gets us out of darkness and into eternal light. <laughs> he becomes, if you will, the filament in the plan of God because guess what? He had a significantly high melting point under extreme pressure. <laughs> The Son of God said, put me in as the thread of your grace and truth in the story of God. Put me in. And his life glowed. It illuminated mankind. You see, this is, this is what God has in mind all along to bring light into the darkness. And I love what it says about Jesus. It was said that even the darkness cannot overcome the light. It, John's gospel says the light has come into the world and even the darkness cannot overcome it. So Jesus comes into the story and he says, I'll be the thread. I will connect the creator of light to the one who brings light to mankind in their darkness state. And I'll be the thread, if you will, in the story of God. I'll be heated to intensity by the scourge of the cross and I will glow for the glory of God so that my good works will be seen by all men and my father will be glorified. Right? And so I'll let my light so shine before men that they may see my good works and glorify my Father. I'll be the tungsten, if you will. I'll be a city set on a hill, and I'll light the life of any person who looks toward me. How beautiful is that? Jesus was saying, in effect, death and the hell and the grave will not extinguish my light. You know, the, the tradition of the, of the early church is that um, in the tomb of Jesus, which, you know, we're not 100% on where the tomb of Jesus is. You can actually, if you go to Israel, you, you know this story. You can go to the garden tomb or you can go to the, the church of the Holy Sepulcher. And, and I'm sure somebody has another option. There's a lot of different places where they say it, it could be. And, and somewhere in the vicinity is the place where Jesus was put in Joseph's tomb. But, but the early church fathers knew exactly where uh, Joseph of, of the tomb of Joseph of, of Arimathea was. And so, because their uncle was there, their grandmother was there, you know, they, they knew exactly the place where Jesus' body was laid and they knew exactly the place where the stone was rolled away. They, they knew that Christ had died for the sins of the world. They had heard the stories. They had heard there's people talking. They, they, they knew that he was alive, you know, by the power of God. And in the tomb, the early church fathers tell us that there was a candle that was kept burning at all times inside the tomb of Jesus. So this candle was lit there, and, and, and so, you know, you didn't need your iPhone flashlight to go looking around in there. It was kept burning all the time. So if you walked into the empty tomb, a candle was burning, saying to us that the light has come into the world and even the darkness could not overwhelm it. And so there was a celebration of the lighting of lamps that the church would do. When evening time would come, one of the church leaders would go into the empty tomb of Jesus. I mean, talk about a worship service. The, 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 I mean, hello, they, they would go into the, the empty tomb of Jesus and they would light a candle. 
And from that candle, just like what we do here on Christmas Eve, if you've ever been around, that lights the candle of the whole place and lights up the room. And so it lit up the hillside. They would come out of the tomb to the assembly and they'd begin to light these lamps of worship with the light of the tomb that is now empty where Jesus' body had lain. Can you just imagine the scene? Can you imagine that? Can you go there? Can you, can you see the scene? That is the way <laughs> to start a worship. Isn't it? For, for those of you that have been a part of our candlelight service, isn't there just something just so, you know, the, the, the room lights up? And, and so <laughs> it's the story of we're all gathered here you know, it's now evening, we're standing in dusk, and um, there's soon coming darkness. The darkness is about to cover the earth, but out of the empty tomb of the Son of God comes this lighted candle, and it's lighting my candle, and it's lighting your candle, and your lamp, and your lamp, and your lamp, and now the whole assembly, we're lit up from the light of Jesus. That's, that's, that's where that idea came from. And I could, I could get fired up about that gathering. I, I do get fired up about, you know, when we get together and, and do that on Christmas Eve. And um, it's such a beautiful moment, right? You start saying, go light your world. <laughs> you sing that song. And, and then after that, so after that, the, the ancient church, they would sing this hymn. And we sing, uh, uh, we don't know what the, what the melody of this song was, but they, they found these lyrics from manuscripts, you know, and, and the part of, part of all, all of, with, buried with the scriptures, and, and, you know, a hymn that we know has been sung back from as far back as 150 AD. It's a long time ago. The, the earliest known um, hymn or song of the church that they've been able to find, we're talking decades from the resurrection of Jesus. And so the church would sing this hymn called the, the Fos Hilaron, the light that is joyous and glad. And this is the lyric. We sang some of this in the song that we sang this morning. Hail gladdening light of his pure glory poured, who is the immortal father, heavenly blessed, holiest of holies, Jesus Christ our Lord. That's a lyric right there. I'm holding a candle, lit from a candle inside of the empty tomb of Jesus. And I'm saying, hail gladdening light from his pure glory poured. And they would sing, our church would sing, now we are come to the sun's hour of rest. The lights of evening around us shine. We hymn the Father, we hymn the Son, Holy Spirit divine. Worthiest art thou at all times to be sung with undefiled tongue, son of our God, giver of life alone. Therefore, in all the world, thy glory is, Lord, thine own. In other words, we're illuminated because you are illuminated. We are light because you overwhelmed the darkness. You are the thread and the story of God that was the tungsten filament. You withstood the pressure and glowed into the depths of hell itself, and your light could not be extinguished, and therefore neither can ours. That was a song. See, the thread was the word of God and is the word of God bringing light into the world, and the thread was the person of Christ, the incarnate one bringing light to humanity, and the thread today is the people of God. 
people sitting right here in this room who are now filled with the person of Christ, filled with Holy Spirit in us, who are now commissioned to be the filament in this city. In this day, in this hour, in this time, to be the light of the world. This is what 2 Corinthians says in chapter 4. It's a, it's a beautiful brand new commission. It's so freeing and it's so powerful. I love it. This is what it says in the beginning in verse 5. For what we proclaim is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, with ourselves as your servants. For Jesus' sake, for God said, for God who said, let light shine out of darkness, has shown in our hearts to give, hello, to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. So therefore now it's a new story. He's still the light of the world, but he's in the world through you who is now the light of the world. <laughs> through him. And if this world is going to see the glory of God, it's because of you shining bright. See, I think for so long, the goal of the religious has been to be right. Please don't chop this up and miss the point. <laughs> because we are founded in the truth. Jesus came full of grace and full of truth. So right matters. Being right matters. But I think the calling card of so much religion has been to be right. We get in arguments with people. I'm going to prove that I'm right. You know, we walk into situations thinking we're right. You're wrong. You don't understand. I do understand. You don't have it right. I do have it right. You know, we're the ones who got it right. You're the ones who got it wrong. So that doesn't mean that truth doesn't matter. Please hear that. But it just means that what your office needs and what your neighborhood needs what your family needs, what your classroom needs. It's not just somebody who's always right and can prove it. <laughs> what your world needs is somebody who's bright. Somebody who walks in. Listen, this is what you're called to do. Walks in and illuminates darkness. Amen. Who can change the very atmosphere. who can help people see and help people find the way home. I was sharing the story of David when King Saul called for a minstrel to come in, right? What did David do when he came into that room and he played that harp? He changed the atmosphere. He was shining a light in a dark place, right? That's what you're called to do. Be a carrier of the light of Jesus and you can change the atmosphere because you're a carrier of the glory of God. Amen. The world needs a little bit more Motel 6 again. <laughs> Not the $39.99 deal where the sheets are washed and cleaned. The, what the world needs is we left the light on for you. <laughs> Amen. Because we've been out on the road and we've been out in the byways and we've been out and we've been lost. We've been out clueless. We've been in need of help. And somebody left the light on for us. So what do I want to do today? I just want to shine bright. Right? I want to shine bright so that if you need to know how to get home, if you need to know how to get help, if you need to know how to get sober, if you need to know how to get free, come on, somebody. <laughs> Man. 
if you need to know how to find truth, if you need to know how to find grace, if you're looking for a way to mercy, I want to be the person that can shine the light for you. I can be bright in the night. I can be a light in the dark. I am because he is the light of the world. And I don't have to be perfect. He said, we have this treasure. What treasure? Being right? (laughs) No, the treasure of being light. He says, we have in earthen vessels or in jars of clay, not, not fancy brass candelabras, or lanterns. No, he put the light in regular people so that the glory and the praise in the beauty, he says, and all surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. The filament is the magic, but it's the power that makes it glow. And there's no striving, praise God. <laughs> there's no striving. Have you ever put a light bulb in and it makes a loud noise when you turn it on it's like (laughs) light it doesn't do that right there's no striving there's no striving no it's the quietest of things they they hang out in little cardboard containers and they wait their turn they sit idly by right and when you need to turn one on what do you do do you do you go hire a crew do you, do you have to bring in the light technicians? No, you're a normal person. Oh, you need a light? Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna screw it in with my fingertips. It's that easy. And you stick it in and you twist it in. You, go, you don't go, oh man, I had a rough week. I had to screw in some light bulbs. I took my back out. Had to go in and get some surgery. No, you just twist. It's like the simplest of things. And the moment that they connect, the instant, they just instantly just glow and fill an entire room. They don't strain or struggle or stress and day after day and week after week and month after month, you turn the light on and there's light. And it's just like, I gotcha. I'm there for you. Right? You need to see in the kitchen? Gotcha. Need to see in the basement? Gotcha. Need to see in the study, the garage, I gotcha. And when their time on earth is done, they don't just, they just don't turn on. They don't really complain. It's not like I'm getting really tired. You know, I don't know uh, how I'm gonna be able to make it today. Every now and then one flutters and flickers, but that's just their world. When they're done, they're done. And then you just get another one and just screw it in. All the power in the struggle and the strain is what it took to get the electricity to your house. The filament is one of the most delicate and fragile little things that is in your house. Just a tiny thread of possibility that under the right conditions glows like mad. And this is the way of the people of God. We're gonna talk about that in the next few weeks how do I get my life and my thread in the right place so that the power of God, the power of the Holy Spirit and the power of Jesus can cause my little thread to grow bright. But I'm telling you, as it does, it's not a struggle and it's not a strain. It's just the beauty of the power of God at work in our lives. You don't have to wake up in the morning with the pressure of saying, I'm a Christian, so I've got to get it all right. What you have to do is make sure you're screwed into the socket. And the byproduct of that 
is you light up. It just comes naturally because it's not you. He is the light of the world and therefore you are the light of the world. Hell gladdening light of his pure glory poured. Over the years here at Destiny, we have had 1800 decisions plus to follow Jesus. Lights being illuminated. Yeah, that's something to celebrate. People saying, I came from death to life through Jesus Christ. I came from darkness to light through Jesus. And that's pretty amazing. And that's a lot to celebrate, but we're not finished yet. So in fact, if you, if you haven't yet, I just wanna encourage you one more time to plug into our 21 days of prayer and fasting for the harvest. That's a big part of what we're leaning into if you haven't noticed. So we wanna see more people coming to Jesus in 2020 right here at Destiny. So what else can we do, Lord? What, what else would you have us to do? Well, we're gonna keep on loving our community, serving them food, giving them warm clothes when we've got the opportunity. We're gonna, we're doing some building refresh projects around here to welcome people in because we want even our facility to be part of our outreach to draw and welcome people in. We're gonna sow into finishing our children's ministry room. This year, we're gonna keep on doing all that we can to reach people in the context that we're in right here, all being led by our faith and belief that our friends and our neighbors and our co-workers and our family members are going to come to the miraculous moment of Jesus being the grace and the truth that he is and lighting up their lives. Amen. And maybe you're going to be the next one. Don't you want to be alive spiritually from the dead? Would you stand with me this morning? Father God, thank you for who you are. Light of the world. Come to be with us and shine bright in our lives. God, this morning, let your word sink in deep into our spirit. God, and as we go into this new year, let it be our leaning, Lord, that we are lights, bright lights in a dark world. You are calling us with purpose to be carriers, to change the atmosphere wherever we go, to light up dark places, to bring light to those who don't have any in their lives, God. We are called to be the light. You flip the story. You are the light of the world. It's you. But because it's you, you are the light of the world through us. And you've said that we are the light. We are the carriers now. So let us be that. In your mighty name we pray. Amen and amen. With nobody looking around this morning, if you are here and you are at the place where you're saying, I need the light of Jesus in my life. I am in a dark, dark, dark place right now. Whether you've had said yes to Jesus before, or this is a, a coming back to Jesus and, and lighting the candle once more, this is your morning to say yes to Jesus, the light of the world. This is your moment. Nobody looking around, every head bowed, every eye closed. This is a private moment. The Holy Spirit is speaking to you. I just would like it, if that's you this morning, would you raise your hand? I'm the only one that's looking. I just wanna pray with you this morning. I wanna have the opportunity to pray and agree with you for the light of Jesus to come into your life. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Church, let's pray this together. Father God, I give you my heart. Come and be the light of the world in my life. Let me illuminate and shine bright it's because of who you are in me. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for that empty tomb. Thank you for freedom from sin, death, hell, and the grave. You are here to give me new life. I step into it and I surrender. In your mighty name I pray. Amen 
and amen. Now we have an altar ministry team that's, that's gonna come up here. If you have any other prayer need this morning, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, I want you to tell them. We have a Bible we'd like to give you. We have so many different ways that you can connect and, and hear about what it means to be a believer and follower of Jesus and to shine bright in this world.